ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Victory on the All England grass over sporting great Serena Williams. It was the exclamation point in a decorated career littered with highlights. Now those highlights have been tarnished and that career might be over. Simona Halep is just 31 years old, but she's been handed a four-year ban over doping violations. The well-liked Romanian is fighting the charges. Serena has made it clear she feels like she was robbed of a Grand Slam victory. There's a bit to unpick. I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily. Simon Smell is a senior journalist with ABC Sport. He has covered the news of Simona Halep's doping suspension. Simon, let's just start with Halep before today's news. What was her rep as a player and even as a person amongst tennis circles? She was one of the good guys. Actually, I had to calm down myself because when I get a little bit nervous, uh, I get crazy on court. So I had to stay cool uh, to get the energy from the box and uh, to go uh, without thinking uh, behind. It's almost a sort of an easy thing to say sometimes about about some athletes, but especially in tennis where there's so many personalities. But Simona was one of those players who kept kept persevering, kept trying. She was always there or thereabouts. She was certainly one of the best players on the tour. She got up to a world number one. Uh, She won two Grand Slam singles titles. But there was always, uh, until that point, it always felt like she was going to be one of those players, but not quite getting over the line through to bad luck, through to injury. Um, But no, she she was absolutely one of the good guys and and had a really fantastic reputation as being one of the friendliest players on tour and, and one that people enjoyed playing against and enjoyed playing with. When did we first know that she was in a bit of trouble from a doping perspective and how did she respond to that situation? Well, it was the US Open of 2022. Remember the name. Daria Sniger, the world number 124, the qualifier has taken out the world number seven here, Simona Halep, a seismic shock in round one. That's her first WTA win. It turned out that the International Tennis Integrity Agency had issued a suspension for her. She had an adverse finding. Um, Halep came straight out and said that um, it was the biggest shock of her life. Knowingly, I have not taken any banned substance because uh, I am a big supporter of a clean sport and I always been against the doping. It was a shock and I didn't know how to handle it. She tested positive for a substance called Roxadustat, which is um, an anti-anemia drug. Try saying that 10 times quickly. Um, <laughs> but it was um, recently used in the EU, um, or it was then it was recently approved for EU to um, help produce more natural ethropropatin, um, which is also known as EPO. 
of course that is the sort of product that is well known amongst cycling circles and for distance runners as well because it enhances the production of red blood cells and improves therefore the inflow of oxygen and therefore endurance. So that's what she tested positive for. The experts have worked a lot to find the reason of this contamination. Uh, they found out that the supplement was contaminated in very low quantity of, of substance. Which is um, a pretty common excuse given by, by athletes who do test positive for um, events. She, this came out um, a couple of weeks after the US Open and she tested positive um, from a standard urine sample um, that she underwent during the US Open. It's been a long time since that initial positive test. Why has it taken so long for the authorities and what have they found during this next investigation that's seen today's sanctions? Well, immediately Simona Halep appealed and, and, and again, that's pretty standard. So she sent through um, a lot of information. In fact, um, the um, ITIA, which is the Tennis Anti-Doping Authority, um, said that they received several thousand pages of documentation, 8,000 pages of evidence, um, both scientific and otherwise, from Simone Halep and her team. And they built the case and three independent experts went through all of the information and went through all of the data. Now, in that process, She was hit with a second charge in May this year, which related to irregularities with her athlete biological passport. Now, the athlete biological passport is another anti-doping tool um, that authorities use whereby they measure an athlete's... um, Because everybody's different. So everybody has different levels of hormones and different levels, for example, like testosterone. Everybody naturally produces a different level of testosterone or a different amount of EPO, which is naturally um, occurring in the body, as we all know from the um, Peter Boll case recently that can vary in athletes and vary in different people. So the athlete biological passport monitors that over time. So if there are changes over time, then it gets picked up, a build-up of data that is, is um, able to be, be looked at and studied. And there were irregularities in Simona Halep. So she was hit with a second charge in May this year. And the International Tennis Integrity Agency, their independent tribunal, came to the strong opinion that that was likely due to doping. I also found that although it was probably through a contaminated supplement, the initial positive test, the volume that the plate ingested would not have resulted in the concentration of the drug that was found in the sample. So there's a couple of little conflicting things there, but essentially they said, yes, Simona, you probably did take it as part of a contaminated supplement, but not that much. So there's something else going on there as well. So a two-time Grand Slam winner, a former world number one, it's rocked the tennis world and there's been no shortage of reaction. I'm most interested in the reaction of Serena Williams and her thoughts. She's issued a five-word tweet. What was it and what do you think we can read from it? It's very interesting because it was pretty cryptic, I guess, if you, if, you, if you weren't necessarily completely down to earth with Serena's stats. Eight is a better number. It's all, she's twi- it's all she tweeted or posted on X, um, formerly known as Twitter. So that could relate to the fact that she has seven Wimbledon titles but lost in the final of what would have been her eighth to Simona Halep. Now, this happened in 2019. It was a pretty resounding defeat as well, 6-2, 6-2 in London. That was Simona Halep's second Grand Slam title and that was one of four 
Grand Slam finals that Serena Williams reached after coming close to the record held by Australian Margaret Court of 24 Grand Slam singles titles. But this was one of the ones that passed her by. She perhaps is cryptically suggesting that, hey, if someone, if I lost to a someone who's been found guilty of doping, maybe this should be looked at. It's a little bit of a stretch, I think, personally. The doping that Simona Halep has been accused of took place in 2022 and indeed has been found guilty of, which, of course, Simona Halep is still claiming her innocence for and has said she's going to take to the Court of Arbitration for Sport as an appeal. So that is another um, avenue that she's is going to take. This happened more than three years earlier, this 2019 defeat. So it might be a bit of a stretch, but... I guess this is part of the problem when any athlete tests positive for um, a prohibited substance and their question marks get asked is, well, how long were they doping for? Yeah, it seems like a long bow to draw. Mm. Would it set a tricky precedent, do you think, more over in sort of global sport as well if we're going to sort of start handing out titles? I mean, if you think of an example like the National Rugby League where the Melbourne Storm were found guilty of sanctions, they didn't then hand the premiership to the team that they had defeated. It seems like um, a, a sticky situation going that way. But absolutely. And, and, and it would end up being, being very problematic. And, of course, we already slightly alluded to it with cycling, the, of, you know, the, probably the most famous um, doping-tarnished sport, Lance Armstrong. But to the man who has won the Tour de France, Lance Armstrong, only the second American cyclist ever and the greatest story you would ever wish from day one when he won the prologue to today when he won the Tour. I mean, they never gave his seven Tour de France titles to anybody else, because mostly because doping was so inherent within the sport at the time. It would have been actually pretty difficult to work out who was racing clean over the course of that period. There have been instances where um, riders have tested positive for drugs and then their titles have been handed down. Um, Alberto Contador's Tour de France win was actually handed to Andy Schleck. But it does become problematic um, if you're going to go down that way. Um, and again, it's important to note that Simona Halep hasn't been accused or even charged with anything from that time period either. So yes, it's speculation from Serena Williams, perhaps a little bit mischievous from Serena Williams as well. We know how desperate she was to get the 24th singles title. Yeah, I think it's a little bit um, little bit speculative from you know one of the greatest uh, tennis players of all time. As you touched on, Simona Halep has announced she's going to appeal. So a little bit more to play out just yet. But Simon, thanks so much for getting us across this sprawling story. <laughs> no problem at all. It's a bit to get for, isn't it? Headlines. Collingwood star Braden Maynard has dodged a season-ending suspension over his collision with Melbourne's Angus Brayshaw in the team's qualifying final from last week. Maynard jumped to try and smother a kick, missed the ball, and his shoulder collected Brayshaw, knocking him out. How did he dodge a three-game ban? Well, the panel accepted a reasonable player would have known some impact was possible, but they found it was not inevitable or even likely from Maynard's position. The result has seen delight from the Eddie Maguires of the world, while concussion activists are furious. In the NRL, Jack Whiten was not so lucky. He was found guilty of biting Newcastle's Tyson Gamble. The outgoing Canberra player argued it was Gamble pressuring his arm into Whiten's mouth that led to the bite marks. You cannot make this stuff up. The ex-Raider soon-to-be rabbit copped a three-game ban. 
in cricket. Australia lost game three of their five-game one-day series with South Africa. The Aussies were cruising at two for 140 when David Warner was involved in a comical run-out. Slip trouble. Oh, the fielding is a bit tiny. No, it's not. No, it's not. Keshav Maharaj, he seemed to be getting a little slow to it, but because Warner had slipped... Here comes the shy that dives out, and he's a gone. My word, that's a turning point. The opener set off for a run, slipped and lost a shoe, dropping his bat in the process, and was ultimately just short. The Aussies duly collapsed, at one point losing 8 for 60 to be all out and suffer a 111 run defeat. They still lead the series 2-1. I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily, produced by Poppy Penny. Have you caught our women's footy podcast this week? Bob Murphy, formerly of Western Bulldogs, now at the Fremantle Dockers, filled in for Shani Norder, and he is as thoughtful and as well-spoken as you might remember. He's picking through all the big issues with Sam Lane. Worth a listen. Recommend you check it out on the Listen app or wherever it is you get your pods. Thanks to Wimbledon, the US Open, the Oz Open, Tennis Majors, World Cycling Productions and Fox Sports for the extra audio used in this episode. Hi, if you like sports stories, you should take a listen to Episode 7 of Headroom, the Belief Series. You'll meet Amna Kara Hassan, an Australian Muslim woman who founded the Auburn Tigers. This was one of the first women's football teams in Western Sydney and one of the first to encourage Muslim women to come and play sport. But if you like sports daily, check out my interview with Amna Kara Hassan on Headroom, the Belief Series with me, James Valentine.